Hello, and welcome to episode two of Sea Trade Cruise Talks podcast series, post-pandemic IT. I'm Kiara Georgie, and today we're going to be listening in as our technology ambassador, Ian Richardson, CEO of the Iceway, leads us on a deep dive into the vital role that technology plays in resuming cruise safely. Ian has 20 plus years of experience in both IT and cruise and co-founded the Iceway, a leading managed services provider and consultancy whose ecosystem of tech companies understand the challenges of IT at sea. Today, we're catching up with Frank Farrow, VP Technology at Virgin Voyages. Frank has a wealth of knowledge, particularly in exciting new cruise lines, having previously worked at Disney on starting up their cruise line. As with any startup, Virgin Voyages was employing new systems and software ready for the inaugural voyage of Scarlet Lady. And then the pandemic hit and all the goalposts changed. Despite that, Frank is still optimistic and very excited for the world to get to see the great product he and the whole team at Virgin Voyages has been working on. Let's jump into the conversation where Ian has just asked Frank to elaborate on his history at Disney. It has been a meandering career for a little bit, I'd say. I didn't really choose IT, it chose me. I entered college destined to be an aerospace engineer. That was what I expected freshman year. But after a very long freshman year, I took a summer job at a one-man engineering firm and that guy would just hand me the most boring work to do. And you paid by the hour, you just want to get the job done. But I stumbled across a book on one of his shelves that helped teach me my first programming language. And so I started automating my day job, taking jobs that would take me 12, 15, 16 hours to do down to 10 minutes. And I thought that was magic. Is that Pascal? It, It was Lisp. All of the work that I did was in AutoCAD. At the time, the way that you customized AutoCAD was with Lisp. You know, not something I saw coming. It was what happened is I was left with four hours of work to get done that I got done in two hours and didn't want to go home early. So I found a book and started thumbing through it. And one thing led to another. And the next thing you know, I'm no longer a draftsman. I'm his computer engineer. (laughs) So it was interesting thing. I found when I was coding, time went away. I'd look up, it's been seven hours and I hadn't eaten lunch and we paid by the hour. Time going away is a really good thing. So these days, time going away, is like, where'd this day go? I didn't get everything accomplished I wanted to get done. But that's what headed me down the path of computer engineering. And so graduated college with a list of jobs, job possibilities, and took the one that sounded the most fun, spent 18 years at Disney doing a whole wide range of things, including Disney Cruise Line startup. A lot of fun. I spent six months living in Hong Kong, launching Hong Kong Disneyland. Disney helped me get my MBA from Duke University. It it was just one really interesting project after another. And so that was a long run at Disney. It must have been a really exciting company to work for, especially at that time. 
Yeah, it really was. It's a massive amount of expansion since the time I joined. Added several theme parks around the world, new businesses, including the cruise line. And then in 2008, I was part of the team that did My Magic Plus reinvention of the theme park experience. So one thing after another was really, really interesting. That Jay, wasn't it, at that point? Yep, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. There's a really interesting pedigree of people who worked on that yeah. project. So then I left Disney in 2013 and went to Bank of America and just wanted to change the scenery. And Bank of America ran financial center technology and ATM technology for a couple of years and then got a phone call from a dear friend, Andy Schwab, saying, hey, we've got this startup down in South Florida. It's another cruise line startup. I had worked with Andy at Disney Cruise Line as well and said, we're doing something pretty amazing down here. You might want to come check it out. And so I was curious about the Virgin companies. Richard Branson is a very interesting person, has very interesting philosophies. And I ended up at the end of the day choosing to leave a very nice job at Bank of America because I was just really interested to see how a virgin company starts from the ground up. So I have been front and center (laughs) or doing that for the last three years. And it has certainly not disappointed. Been an amazing experience, amazing team. It was a good move then, back into cruise. It depends on your point of view. It certainly has thrown me into a strong level of uncertainty these days, but it's been incredibly positive. The friends I've made, the experiences I've had, the learnings. I think all startups are really special endeavors, but the ones that are as focused on the people and focused on the culture, like we are at Virgin Voyages, we're doing things the right way here for sure. Definitely. I've always been impressed coming to your offices. It's just, there's a buzz around the place, which mm. is really, really exciting. Very good. So it'll be good when you can finally get back in and feel that buzz again. That is true. If you compare sort of the technology challenges that you had with Disney Cruise Line versus Virgin, are they similar or would you say it's quite different in terms of the two lines? I think all startups are going to try to push the envelope a little bit. And Disney did the same thing. We launched Disney Cruise Line with a brand new reservation system. And for anybody that's ever built a reservation system, that's not a 12-month endeavor. So it was difficult and there were a lot of challenging times. But, you know, once you get over the hump, you look back on it and you can see it was the right thing to do and really set the company up to do amazing things as evidenced by its track record. Virgin, we're doing the same thing. We're definitely pushing the envelope and we're doing challenging things in the IT space, but it's going to be the same way. You get over the hump, you look back on it, and it's going to be definitely the right thing for us to do. So I'd say I really have to hand it to the leadership team at Virgin Voyages because the times have been very uncertain and there's been a lot of challenges. Uh, And I think that's really where you get to see strong leaders rise to the top is in how they deal with the challenges, how they deal with the adversity. And I can say a lot of the senior leaders we have at Virgin are Disney pedigree, but across the board, all of them, the Virgin folks, the folks from Royal and formerly from Royal and NCL, like the, the team has come together in an incredible way. 
And that has been really inspiring to participate in. That's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, in, in terms of your challenges right now that you're facing with, what, what would you say the biggest challenges right now that you're dealing with? The moving goalposts. Yeah. <laughs> like our biggest challenge was we were planning to have an inaugural voyage on April 1st. And now with the CDC no-sale order, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. The goalposts just keep moving on our first ship. And so we have an amazing product. I just can't wait for people to see it. I mm. think it's not a question of whether or not people are going to like it. It's just when are they going to get a chance to see it because it's totally amazing. Yeah, um, we'll get on to some of the, I think, innovation and stuff that you're you're planning in a little while. Maybe I know the answer to this one, but I mean, do you think being a startup, do you think that it's helped you at all because you don't have a lot of the legacy technology that some of the more contemporary lines have and existing? You have a different challenges, obviously, but you're already setting the company up in a digital way. I think being a startup definitely has its pluses, but it also has its challenges and they're just different. You know, having done startups in an enterprise situation like at Disney, it's a different set of challenges there. I'd say the biggest challenge we had was we had this a very clear, bold vision for what we want to offer and a whole bunch of blank sheets of paper on how we get from here to there. And when you're hiring people who come from other enterprises, there's no blank sheets of paper. Enterprise has been around for 20 years. So you often lose what the comfort level with starting from scratch. That is a whole thing in and of itself. So from a system standpoint, it's been really nice to work on modern stacks from Bank of America, where one of my systems was a 30-year-old teller system that running on the mainframe. It was certainly nice to be able to you know, be cloud-based and running Kubernetes pods and everything being fairly modern. But I'd say every integration between every system we have, the 100 plus systems we have, has to be done basically from scratch. All mm. of the you know data imports into our data lake all have to be done from scratch. And so operational processes, everything. That's where the work is in a startup is you don't have something that you can lift in place and start with and just tweak a little bit. Everything is from the ground up. Yeah, and I think you're integrating solutions together that have never been integrated together before. So I think you're doing a lot of stuff that's just new or that has not been tried before, which is always a challenge as well. Yeah, we're definitely pushing the envelope in a handful of areas. Can you talk about some of the areas of sort of technology and platforms that you're 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 kind of implementing? How much, how much can you say on that? I mean, I, I know that I, I don't know whether you can mention Google or anything like that on some of the areas that you you're trailblazing that I'm not aware of any other cruise line working on. We are a Google shop, so you know G Suite, and I think that's served us very well. Certainly, the level of support resources that it requires is way less than any of the other enterprises that I've come from. 
I honestly think, you know, while we are doing some interesting things with technology, we've got the latest platforms from the Dakotas Corporation, from Marine Exchange, Versonics. I think, truthfully, the we're not a technology-led brand. I'd argue that the most innovative things we're doing are all experience-focused. Even like fundamental things like deciding to be adult-only, and that's a big change. It's something that obviously has been talked by a lot of cruise lines for a lot of years, but mm. you know we did it, and it allowed us to narrow our focus and very definitively define what we're going to be and what we're not going to be and deliver better in the areas that we're choosing to be. Let's sort of talk about some of those innovative product-based or experiential type things. I mean, you're coming out with a lot of firsts, not just the adults only, but things like cutting out the buffets. That seemed like a good idea in hindsight. Mm. We set the bar to not be the best cruise line dining experience. We Our objective was to do everything we could to be on par with New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Miami from a dining scene. When that's what you're aiming at, it's just a different mindset. So let's establish the vision. What's the experience we want to offer? And then back into that experience with what the operational impacts of that. How is it operationally feasible to deliver that? So, you know, we've done the same thing on the technology side. that We had very clear objectives to have seamless embarkation. So if the experience we want is seamless embarkation where people can walk straight onto the ship and not have to wait in lines, not have to fill out paper, all of these things, then how do you back down from that? What are the operational pieces we need to put in place as a technology organization to make that happen? And so we've done that across the business. And this is what I'm hearing on some of these interviews I've done. I'm getting that theme as well is put the customer experience first, reducing friction. Actually, a lot of the technology that enable that frictionless experience actually has the added benefit if you invest in it is to prepare you for these reducing lines and contactless experience. And Mm -hmm. I think the lines that have been investing in those areas, which is, to be fair, the whole industry is trying to do, they're becoming a lot more prepared for this new world that we're venturing into, or at least temporarily. I'd say not just the customer experience, but also the crew experience. Fundamental belief in the Virgin organizations is that if you treat your people well, your people will take care of your guests. And so the same amount of focus we have had on the sailor experience, what we call our sailor experience, same thing uh, has been put towards our crew. And that's been a fundamental focus as well. We spoke previously about this and you you kind of said that you treat the crew the same as the passengers, which is good because a lot of the time they're treated separately, which is really good. So can we talk a little bit about maybe the, the, this Void Well program that Virgin have introduced and what can you tell us about the technology and how it plays a part in these Void Well program, the processes and procedures around that? Voyage Well at its simplest is just doing everything we can do to keep our sailors safe. That's our biggest priority. I think, as you mentioned, we have had a head start in a lot of ways. We have the youngest and most modern fleet, no buffets or self-service food venues. 
86% of our cabins have balconies, so fresh air is not an issue. No main dining room, you're not shoving 2,000 people into one big venue. Contactless from the get-go, virtual queuing opportunities through the Sailor app. So we had a really, really good head start. Focusing on a worry-free voyage is what we want right now. And so everything we're doing centers around making sure that what you can expect is seamless and safe and worry-free. So working with medical testing developers with ambitions to find a reliable, quick, simple test that will enable us to ensure only those who test negative are ever allowed to board. Putting in place operational plans to notify sailors and crew 14 days after leaving the ship if they've actually come in contact with anybody who later tests positive. You know, promising to keep people up to date as we improve our technology and as the science continues to evolve, our capabilities will continue to improve as well. And so obviously we'll be following all of the recommended CDC guidelines, but in addition to that, we'll be implementing additional pre-boarding health checks and screenings for crew and sailors. We'll be installing thermal camera technology at the terminals and onboard the ship to monitor uh, crew members and sailors' temperatures. You know, I think one of the things that people aren't talking a lot about, but I think has been received very well by our sailors is offering fair and flexible booking policies. That's something that we were doing out the gate to begin with. And the uncertainty in the whole world started to ramp up. We just doubled down on that. And I think that's something that has been very noteworthy. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. But yeah, we just have to wait and see what the CDC come out with when they do come out with it. So how is the valiant lady coming along? Fast and furious. She's looking sharp. You know, we've started pulling cables and building out the shipboard infrastructure in our lab. And we'll be shipping that off in the next three months to start the next stage of the technology build out on the Valiant. Have you made changes to the any of the core configurations or, or systems based on the experiences that you've learned so far with Scarlet Lady? Nothing incredibly earth shattering. I think that our vision was really solid. We, you know, mm-hmm. tweaking a couple of implementations on how we deliver on the vision. Nothing that's really newsworthy. Obviously, there's a lot of anticipation around all the game-changing innovation, which you've touched on some of the things. But is there anything exciting that you can tell us about anything we've not heard before? Yeah, and that's something I cannot do. You're going to have to stay glued to our Instagram. No spoiler alert here, man. Okay. All right. Never mind. We'll just have to hold out and wait for that one in anticipation. So, I mean, just to sort of round off, I mean, what do you see... In terms of positives, if we can take any positives out of this current situation for Virgin or, or the industry indeed uh, out of this, do you see any kind of silver lining? What has been most inspiring for me to see is how we as a company have really galvanized as a family. We have had an aspirational vision for experience. We've had an aspirational vision for culture as well. And a lot of things have had to 
come together in the last 12 months in order for us to be prepared to launch the way we are. It was amazing to see that when the times got really tough, people leaned in and came together. And I've participated in my fair share of stressful projects, but watching it happen with a whole ship full and a company full of fairly new people coming together and really living the cultural promise was amazing to see. And that is something that we certainly didn't have this kind of pandemic on purpose, but one really positive result pulled everyone together. Thanks for tuning in to episode two of the post-pandemic IT podcast series. In two weeks, we will be releasing episode three, where we hear from the Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings co-chief information officers, Dimple Jatani and Scott Piccolo. They share a unique perspective on how IT can help with the challenges COVID presents, not least due to their partnership in the role. If you missed episode one or just can't wait for more Citre Cruise Talks content, head over to the archive at ctrade-cruise.com forward slash ctrade-cruise-talks and sign up to never miss an episode.